I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. She wanted to go dancing, so we watched a movie. And I'm Sebastian. Who is this Zane C. Weber and how is he winning? Hi, Zane. Hi. <laughs> and today we are finally reviewing Ready Player One. Starring Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Lena Waithe, TJ Miller, Simon Pegg, Mark Rylane, Rylane? Eh. Oh. Philip Zhao, and Wynne Morisaki. Written by Zach Penn and Ernest Klein, and directed by Steven Spielberg. That's how that's said. That's the Spanish one from The Simpsons, right? And welcome back. Wow. So we had a, a little mini holiday, I guess. Mini holiday. Wasn't planned. Wasn't, wasn't planned. In, no. So um, our recording computer practically burst into flame. I say practically, impractically. That didn't happen, but there it did was, die. There was a scorch mark across one of the hard drives. Oh, for real? Yes. Oh, like that's worse than I thought. Okay. Uh, brought about apparently by a Windows update of all things. So, I could believe that, yes. Yep. So, but it's fixed now and we're back recording. So, apologies first. Like, that's the first time we've actually missed a... Missed a release. It really upsets me because I was re- I was a couple of weeks prior. I was like, hey, we've been going like strong for two years and haven't missed a single thing. I think I yeah. threw something into the universe. Thanks, Seb. And Thanks for doing that. Like Halley's Comet making its round every hundred years i don't know i want to say 76 i think it's 76 years oh well, there you go you can't possibly see it twice in one lifetime if you're born at the right time okay well there you go like the Halley's comet of karma because yep. i probably insulted the universe in some way too so yeah uh, sorry it happens it happened hopefully it won't happen again who knows other thing alex still isn't here and part of me gets paranoid and it's like the, it's like alex has left the show right and it's like he's just subtly trying to like get you know oh no he'll be back he'll be back and it's he's not like a cat yeah sometimes he's just not here but then he'll show up and it's like he never left yeah so i was just to scratching you scratching <laughs> your sofas <laughs> shedding all over the place i just wanted to put out that no we're not like subtly dropping alex from the show he had his wedding they went away for a little bit and now he and his wife have been moving house. That's what's happening this current weekend we've been meaning to record, which because we're so backlogged, I'm sorry, we have Was. a lack of backlog. Yeah. Means he won't be here for the rest of this week and next week's show. But And maybe not even after that, because who knows? He's a cat. Yes. So I think he'll be with us officially back with Avengers 3, which I think is not next week, but the he week had after. Be because I'm getting tired of talking yeah. about it. Yes. But... <laughs> After that, he goes in his honeymoon. So he's going to come back for practically what in his case is a cameo. And then he's going to go away for another three weeks or so. Or two weeks. I forget what it is. It's not my honeymoon. So I barely know the distance. But Who even knows? So 
Yeah. He is coming back. We're not like being shifty about I mean, I'm being shifty about this right now, mm. but not intention. No, kind of intentionally. Listen, bears wander the streets. Can we ever really say that Alex will come back? I don't know. I just always assume that if he's here, he's here. But today he's not here. I just looked at his chair to double check. He's not here. Yeah. And if he was not here, like, I think if we had full planning, we would have, like, subbed in some of our other hosts from all the other shows in the network just to be like, yeah, you know, come in. But really, it's just so much effort. I just Look, sometimes I'll go to the effort. But I personally have also had a big three weeks. So, you know, it's just us this week. Well, let's banter for a bit. What have you done the last three weeks? What happened? I have... I opened a show called Cluedo where I play Colonel Mustard. It's hilarious. I have ridiculous facial hair. Can I describe it? You may describe it. Okay, so Zane has shaved his head to begin with, so he's Mm. currently bald. Mm. He has what I can best describe as beastly mutton chops. So they start like regular sideburns, but then they they puff out sort of like it's one of the freaking. I haven't um, even got it fully done. Like they're giant wings when I pull them out yeah. to the side. You look like um one of the um characters from I think it was Thundercats. I did not it's, watch that show. Well, one of the characters has like I can't. I'm this is a, I'm doing a terrible job with this description, but his face is puffed out like a like a giant cat, like with its whiskers coming out like a cartoon cat, and then it all becomes fine again where it meets into a mustache, mm. and it is my favorite thing to look at while recording. <laughs> uh, the mustache is the bit that gets me because I have not shaved it in months, and it is in my mouth the entire oh, time. It looks really like. Uh, I'm in distress looking at it, but it's comparatively to the rest of your, like the mutton chop area. It's like crisp and clean. (laughs) (laughs) And other than that, I've done the 24 hour musical project where I direct a musical in 24 hours. That's always just, just like, it just like you say it's 24 hours. So it's just kind of like, Oh, you know, it's just one day. Like you knew that, but unfortunately for the production team, it's a sev- several week process yeah, beforehand. Yeah, you work at choreography, a bit of blocking, what you can keep it's and what you can get rid of. Just a bit of blocking, you know. Just a little bit of blocking, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for those who are new to the show, pretty much um, all the cast and crew, like sorry, all the cast are secretly cast after an audition. They don't know what roles they're getting. They just know whether they're in or not. I think it's at 5 or 6 p.m. on... 5 p.m. on the Saturday, they get told what it is, and then 5 p.m. on the Sunday, they perform it. Yeah, so everyone hates it. It's uh, it's, it's not not a well loved thing. And it's it's, it's only it's only between the hours of five a.m. and eleven a.m. that they hate it. After that, they're running on adrenaline and they love it. Yeah, and then they come back the next year, hopefully. Yeah, they do. It's strange. Like, and then on top of all of that, my computer died. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly. Even if the computer was working during this time, you probably wouldn't want to hear from Zane during it. Oh, uh, well, no, because I got you all the way, all the way to the studio yeah. and we were about to record and then I'm like, well, my computer's not working. But you know my work ethic. I'm like, I know I did drive like 40 minutes in, but this means I can leave and be home <laughs> four hours earlier than I had planned originally. So like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go home and play some some games. Oh, that's the dream. Now, apart from that, I feel like I because well, we've missed so many so much time like in studio talking, I feel like I should just like I need to just catch up with what's happening in my life with the audience, but not much has happened in the last three weeks. <laughs> you probably played with your dogs a couple times. I did. Um, 
Bonnie, my dog, a while ago, she it did hurt her back leg and she yeah. had to go in a cast. Oh, she's finally now in the zone where I can. You know, when Black Panther, when they they do that thing where they make an X with their hands and they like slam their chest twice. Yeah, I do that, and Bonnie will jump from the ground into my arms while oh. I'm standing, and she could finally do that again. It was really sad watching her like try and do it oh. when she was hurt because she doesn't. Like if I put my arms out like for a hug, she'll go for it sometimes. And I'm I tend to gesture a bit when I talk. And <laughs> sometimes she goes for it. Cause I knew she was injured. So like yeah. I wasn't like gonna make her do it, but she went for a couple and she'd like pounce off one leg pretty much. And that's not enough distance for that dog. Like she's 20 kilos. She needs more than one leg to throw us off into the air. Oh. Now um, I'm sad. She's fine, man. She can do it now though. Before I left the house, I was because um our lounge room or living room is what goes into the where the front door is. And we had couches. The couch is obviously facing away from the front door towards the TV. And both dogs do that thing where they, they're they standing up on the couch with like peeling their bodies over the back of the couch, their yeah. paws sitting, and they're just looking at me. <laughs> and I went over, because they, they were about a meter apart, and I would pat one dog and the other dog would do that thing where they, because I got staffies, so they yawn for attention. So like, yeah. So I'm like, oh crap, okay. So I stopped patting, you know, Adelaide and I start patting Bonnie and then Adelaide would do the yawn thing. And I did this a couple of times around and I was like, Jess, Jess, I'm calling over my wife. I'm like, you know, those puzzles in video games where like <laughs> one person needs to stand on one platform and one person needs to stand on the other platform to open the door. I couldn't achieve double dog pat <laughs> and they were both getting upset. So I had to get, I needed, I needed player two to enter the game to, uh, yeah. And this is my awesome segue talking about player two. Let's talk about player one. Ready player one. All right. Do you have any trivia, Zane? I do. Seamless. Now, do you see that segue? Yeah, I well now you've pointed it out. It's but, totally pointless. But it was good though, right? <laughs> like we can admit, like that's like that's some quality. I heard ready player one. I was like, okay, my turn to talk. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so this film has been in production hell for a long time, just because of all the different IPs that are are necessary for it. Um, but we won't talk too much about that. Let's talk about the director, though. He, of course, it ended up being Steven Spielberg. Oh, sorry, it's Steven Spielberg. Oh well, that's not what his um his uh, IMDb page says. So I was just going oh. by IMDb this time. You filthy Italian. Um, I was Spanish. I mean, I'm Italian, but that was yeah. Spanish. I know, but you're gesturing with your hands while you speak. What that's did what I, I just mean. say about my dogs? I <laughs> and I neglected to call you a filthy Italian then, so I'm making up for it now. Three times, apparently. Yeah. Twice? Twice. I wasn't counting. There'll be a third. Yeah. You filthy Italian. There we go. Um, so apparently Steven Spielberg says that this was the most difficult film he's ever had to make behind Jaws and Private Ryan. Saving I was going to say Ryan. Jaws would be difficult because of all the water, but I'm surprised Private Ryan was difficult. I mean, oh, I suppose that beach scene. Yeah, that oh, beach I mean, scene. <laughs> oh, good scene. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but before Spielberg was locked in, there were... Uh, at least five other big name directors uh, kind of approached or considered to direct the film. Do you know any of them? I don't know any of them, but I want to speculate that one of them should have been Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright yeah. was one of them. Also Peter Jackson. Yeah. Also Matthew Vaughan. Del Toro? No, no, no. Nolan, though. And mm. Zemeckis. Zemeckis, I, I get, obviously. Yeah. Who is it? Sorry, who was before um, Jack, after Jackson? Matthew Vaughan. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the one that did Cloverfield, didn't he? 
and the one that's meant to be doing the new Batman movie and the new, the, the new Batman movie. What are you talking about? He's the one that's meant to be direct, currently writing and soon to be directing the Ben Affleck. Well, if Ben Affleck stays on board, the solo Batman film. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, yeah. and Snatch, but are also X Men First Class and Kick Ass. Um, he did those as well. Yep. So, like, he's. I I think that that would be a pretty good fit. All of those you could see doing it, but very different. Yeah. Very different. Edgar Wright's would have been, I think, the right Better. color tone <laughs> as well. But interesting. Well, I, I, Edgar Wright would have gotten an A because he's such a punchy style. It keeps the movie really active and fun. But also, obviously, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, I guess, they're like, hey, check out this guy. He did a game movie once, a movie about <laughs> games that wasn't about a game. Yeah. Uh, there's the dream. Yep. Uh, so, I've, and then again, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg went on to direct The Post. Um, at the end of this. So while he was waiting for the visual effects before this movie was finished, he went on to do the post. So I think there was a little bit of uh, his attention dragged away towards the end there, just with the CGI film, the, the CGI parts of the film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that's, that's most of it. Like before, um, before Gene Wilder passed, Steven Spielberg approached him about appearing in the film and Gene Wilder was not interested. So I, couldn't imagine him being interested. Yeah. But, uh, you know, except for maybe, I guess, putting in a little bit of Wonka into the film. He could have been a good Og- um, Simon Pegg's character, Og- yeah. Ogden. Yeah. Or, I mean, oh, he could have gone the other way as well and it has been Halliday. Yeah. Could, mm. I, I would do him as Simon Pegg's character, but you, yeah. you could do him the other way around as well. Yeah. All right. That's all. Like, there's just, there is notes for days about all the ridiculous little. Um, tidbits from other film franchises and yeah. cartoon franchises and comics, etc., that appear in this film. So yeah, I, I think I don't think it. Um, I think really, really need to delve into that without going on for hours and hours and hours. Okay. Well, do you want to start with your little synopsis? My little synopsis. Yes. My tweet synopsis. Tweet synopsis. Yeah. I was going to say tweet synopsis, but then instantly decided I hated the term. But I'll get it. You're always fine. <laughs> My little synopsis. Yeah. Your tiny synopsis. <laughs> Uh yes, I do. It was it is um <clears throat> you know how they say the book's better than the movie? This is exhibit A. Oh. Interesting. Um I had hey, remember that thing you loved when you were growing up? So does Ernest Klein. Uh yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, babies? Movie babies. Who are your movie babies? I have three because come on. Okay. Without Alex here, it kind of brings, I got to bring the average up just to have it lower again. <laughs> so I went with Scott Pilgrim for the concept of a, a video game that isn't a set video game. Yeah. Um, Sucker Punch for the art style, especially during the final battle mm-hmm. as well. And The Last Starfighter. Okay. For the, the idea of there's one gamer who need to use their talents somewhere else yeah. uh, to, quote, save the world. Well, I, too, went three. Ooh, interesting. What? So that brings us to six, which is what we should have with the three of us here. <laughs> I share one of them with you, Sucker Punch. Yep. Sucker Punch, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Back to the Future, that's the one. Yep. There we go. Still very good. It's This movie actually was very easy to place with those because it's like, what... Tone did it carry yeah. the most through the? Well, 
before we get into the actual review, I was going to bring this up regardless, but now that you've mentioned your um your small synopsis, <laughs> um, so you've read the book. I have read the book. So yeah. have I. So in the unique situation where it isn't just oh no, damn it, because like I was caught in the Lord of the Rings side of this, having not read the books, and you both had, and now Alex isn't here to be in my flight. Damn it. <laughs> No, you can just hold it over him when he gets back. Oh, I will. So one thing I wanted to say about this, though, because I mean, regardless of the quality of the book versus quality of the movie. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised with how much of a backseat all the nostalgia crap took in the movie comparatively to how much in the forefront it was in the book. Oh, yeah. I think it would be very hard because the book gets very granular about like just lists of things. Yeah. And- like literally, people just listing yeah. things. Like you, and like uh, a lot of w- what is now come to be called gatekeeping. Like, oh, you're not a real fan unless you know all of this, and yep. you're not a real, uh, you're not a real gamer unless you've played all of that, and unless you've had these exact experiences. The book gets very much into that, and of course, I, I couldn't imagine it making its way into the movie yeah. without being just impossible to watch. Well, they literally rewrote. Um- Parzival or whatever you want to call them. If, Parzival. No, I was going to say his, other, his actual Wade. name. Wade Watts. Wade yeah. Watts? Wade yeah. Watts. Um, they pretty much rewrote his entire character from a dickhead in the book. Like, he is just a snark. Okay. Yeah, he's a snarky nerd dick. I will also <laughs> say, full disclosure, I've, I've listened to the audiobook. I have not read this book. So, I mean, I've listened to the audiobook three times. It's written, it's uh, read by Will Wheaton. Mm. I love Will Wheaton, but... He has a very good snark voice when he wants to put it on, and this book needs him to do it so many times. So I went in expecting Wade Watts to just be King Douchebag. And this one's actually just a very blank slate, nice guy. Like I think that was a mis- I think that was a mistake. I think Parzival should have been a dick and had that journey to being not a dick, whereas in this one, he's just like, oh, I'm just a good guy. I just like some stuff. And at the end, he's like, oh, I'm just a good guy. And if everyone else was a good guy, the world would be a better place. Can I push like, it one Ugh. further? Sure. If the movie, I know it was, a, it was a long movie. I think it was two hours 20 from memory. Like it was just you shy would of, know. It was just shy of two and a half hours. I think if the movie had been a little bit longer, there may have been time to press that Wade Watts maybe is a good guy, but when he's in the Oasis as possible, maybe he's a snarky bitch. Maybe he is. Like you could play with the whole the duality of uh, people being different online to how they are in person. I mean, I guess you could play with any number of different dualities that just were not touched on that would have made this a more interesting film. I'm thinking with H. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great thing. I'm not going to say it was a throwaway line in the movie, but it was told in a comedic beat with about 10 seconds of dialogue. Okay, it was a throwaway line. Yep. And like it's... I feel, I, and is it Daito? I, I feel like I'm getting into the bad right now. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We okay, can- because for for a movie that really, I guess, thought of itself as being very representative, it was so tokenistic. Like the way that H was dealt with, the way that um, Saito and... Shoto. Show were dealt with. It was just kind of like, Daito. Daito and Show. It was like, yeah. That's right, right. yeah. Um, The way that they were dealt with is just kind of like, come on. Like, sure, this white guy has Asian friends. So I guess he's 
in the clear. He's not a racist. He has Asian friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a black lesbian yeah. friend as well. But, that, but again, like so it, it's kind so of it's shown of like, oh, yeah, turns out I'm a black lesbian and, and he has no time to process that. That makes no difference to the story at all. It doesn't even. Actually, it, was she a lesbian? I asked this because I, from memory, I in the she, in the book, she had she was crushing on Wade. That was a thing. It was, I think, there was a whole subplot, a, a tiny bit, about how it was, she was kind of jealous of the whole Artemis Wade thing. Mm. But Wade knew him as a guy. Yeah, but I don't know because it was the whole know. thing. About, and that's that's kind of my point. Is like we know nothing about this character. It's just all right. There we go. Because from memory, in the book, she played as a guy. Because she didn't want people treating her differently as a gamer. Yes. It was easier. Everyone assumes I'm a guy. No one, you know, pities me or tries to give me handouts or, you know, treats me any less. Yeah. 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 I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a sexual preference thing in the book. But in the movie, was she a lesbian? I can't remember. It's I, I in my mind, I felt like someone said it, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. This is and a problem then- for us because we had to watch this movie three weeks ago now to review the day. Like yeah, and then bam, here we are. Here we are. Yep. But uh, like honestly, this was it. It felt like every turn that they made, they took the boring route, the like, safe route. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like even even the final battle, it's just another one horde versus two horde. Yeah. It's like, it means nothing to me. Whereas you had the car chase, which is like all these crazy contraptions and all these different cars. Like, sure, the scope is smaller, but it's so much more interesting to watch. And if the final battle is just like that and you just have your five heroes and the encapsulated bubble of this war that they are in, like other things are happening elsewhere, that would be so much more interesting to watch. So not not being participants in the war, but maybe having to get through it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And Mechagodzilla is, that's not what Mechagodzilla looks or moves like. So why is it even there? Yeah, I wonder why it looks different. all I wanted was Iron Giant to say Superman as he dies, please. That's that's the one thing I want. As soon as he appeared, I'm like, okay, good. I'm down for this reference. Please say Superman before you die. You get a Terminator 2 reference when he's melting into the lava. Yeah, that's what I want from my (laughs) Iron Giant. I I want Terminator 2. (laughs) Um, I wanted to touch on, okay, I know books, movies are always different, but there was one key thing that they removed from the book. There were several key things. but One that really I didn't like. So um, I guess I'm going to say blanket spoiler alert for the book. If you've seen the movie and liked it, read the book. Turn Are we this giving off. spoilers now? Because we've always spoiled everything. The, oh, no, <laughs> specifically for the book, though. Okay. So in the book, um, so they, there's a huge um, issue about the top five. They, I think they could call that once in this movie, but like yeah. the high five, what do they call them? So because the sixes are really trying to break in there, um, there's a subplot where while Shoto and Daito are on some world having some game, um, the I forget which one's I think Daito's the little kid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He starts talking like he's talking to someone that's not in the room. Um, Shoto doesn't know what's going on, and suddenly Daito logs out in the middle of that thing. And what they end up finding out is through some security footage is that um IOI broke into his apartment, 
grabbed him out of his chair while he still had his um, headset on mm. and threw him through the glass, um, the window, and out of his building. Yeah. And so he gets reported on like a suicide, like a youth suicide in Japan because that's a thing that occurs yep. quite heavily there. Yeah. So they've literally gone and now killed like an 11 or 12-year-old kid and it's like the stakes are getting really real because they've tried to kill Wade throughout blowing up his apartment, killing his aunt and all that, and they've now literally killed an 11-year-old child. Yeah. And I was waiting for this to happen. And then the climax of this movie is completely different with obviously them getting into H's van and stuff. And that was the one great bit of like this movie has teeth and it, never, yeah. and it decided no, that, I don't. That's, yeah. that's my big criticism. There's no stakes in this movie. One mm. thing I really enjoyed about the book is the is kind of the resource war both in the game and outside of the game. Whereas... Where where Wade literally has to plan three steps ahead in order to be able to log into Oasis safely, mm. and as soon as the the attacks start happening, the the real life rather than just in the game, and honestly, none of it felt real. Even zeroing out what it was called in the game yeah. is where you lose everything and you have to start again. It felt empty yeah. to me. Um, even more so when that is like the big twist at the end is the coin, the one-up coin that he gets, yep. which I really feel he did not earn because he got, literally got given it um, yeah, so rather it, than In the book, it. he earns the coin by playing Pac-Man, which I guess yeah. honestly, fine in the book, I think that would be a really... You, you do something different to the book because him yeah. playing Pac-Man on screen for five minutes is not the right option because he had to beat the highest score possible because yeah. the game glitches out. Anyway, there's a whole thing. Anyway, he gets the coin. It's not given to him by um, um, Ogden Morrow. It's given to him just by uh, – it's the perk in the universe pretty much. Well, it's, again, him following an, another lead that wasn't a key, but it was an in-universe reward that yep. um, that is was put there by the creator for someone who does this mini challenge that isn't a key but still, you get a one-up, which is a unique thing. I will say, uh, one thing that did annoy me, and this is a difference from the book, and it, it reminds me of another movie. So in the movie, um, Artemis gets kidnapped effectively and put into service for yes. IOI. Yeah. Um, in the book, it plays, plays out very differently. Wade sets things up so he racks up a huge debt with IOI on purpose because they don't know who he is because he's yeah. moved away, forged a new identity. He's shaved of all his hair. He looks really weird. So he rigs it so they arrest him so he can get inside and then try to implement a plan from inside yeah. to break them down a little bit. So it's like a risky move. It shows you know a hero's ability to sacrifice potentially his own safety or his life to get things done. And honestly, it's just it's being more of a proactive character. But this movie decides to go for the girl gets kidnapped thing. Yeah. And while she, after she's freed, then she becomes fully another badass character yeah. once again. Yeah. But it reminds me of um, Age of Ultron, Avengers, with Black Widow, just like, and you're kidnapped. Yeah. It's like, you're kidnapped so we can free you two scenes later with zero consequences and then continue. It's like, yeah. and it was a pity because there, there was a cool bit of story in there in the in the book. But it's going to be different. I get that. It's just a pity they went for the cliche of. But it wasn't even just the cliche. It's It took away drama. Yep. Of, of in, in kind of every turn, every kind of consequence that is mentioned in the book that they're so worried about is 
minimized in in the in the film. Mm. Um, to my other point, where is where are the real life police yeah. in this film? They show up at the end, yeah. Uh, just cause because now the game's over, so they can they can have a, a say in the world. Because all the way through this film, it feels like IOI is the police, and that they're mm. criminals fighting against IOI, who is the police. Yeah, and they're just like a corporation that has a lot of control in the game and outside of the game. Yeah, but why? Where were the police? And honestly, the the freaking ending. Like the villain was great. I really liked him up until the very end when he decided to take a gun and try and hunt these kids down himself. That made no sense. Yeah. And never had any impact on the story except him he gets caught with a gun. I agree with you. I I know why they made the choice. They wanted to have a real life issue at the end rather than in game. I get I, I get and I understand also I agree with that choice, but I don't even, like how they went about it. Even with that real life consequence at the end. Like when IOI, when all this comes out by IOI, what they've done to these kids and what's going on, that that will be enough. Like that should be enough well, rather than just their their CEO getting caught with a gun. Like well, that seems like a smaller thing than literally enslaving people. Yeah. And like I said, in the book when they kill Daito or Shoto, I think it's Daito, once they get that sorted as well, and they're like, you've literally murdered someone. Yeah. There's they can pull from that, but because they didn't do that, they had to Well, they did they did kill his aunt and her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So that's But that something. was they, they thought that was a meth lab explosion <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. in the at least in the book. I can't remember what they put it down. They, they don't actually really come back to why it's not being investigated in the movie, do they? No, they do not. But it's <laughs> it's like Cloverfield, you know. Yeah. The, our characters aren't in the know. They're not going to find out what this monster is. Yeah. And this guy has now run away, joined some rebellion. Like he's not going to find out what the police are investigating. This, yeah. this, I, I get I get why that didn't come up, at least. Um, what do you think about the rebellion? Because there wasn't, a, there wasn't a rebellion in the book. I didn't hate it, but I also, I felt like they needed more information about these service camp things yeah. beforehand. I was, I again- it was the the concept itself was fine for me, but the execution left a lot to be desired, because um, you you never really felt what people were losing um, to IOI, and you never really felt what people were gaining by going into the game. This sense of freedom and and excitement. It but was, saying you can climb a mountain with Batman. But it was only it was only ever said yeah, know, or like shown for a second. Like it was never like, okay, my goal is now to climb a mountain with Batman and all the things that like go around that and like joining and making friends and what have you. Like even, yeah, it was just the stakes were so low in every situation in this film. It was just like I was sitting there about halfway through and I'm like, I'm bored yeah yeah and i was like i hope the end because i again i've read the book so i know a lot like a lot of cool stuff happens in the fight in the book at the at the end and i'm like i hope that they do that justice because mm. that would go a long way to saving this film and i think the constant cutting between that interminable car chase and the final battle was a real mistake. 
Yeah. I have two final complaints. The pacing in this film. The final fight was fine. I feel like all the time in this film went to there. Because I feel like once we hit that final battle, we're there for about 45 minutes. A long time. And while, honestly, I was fine with that because that was the only time in the movie for me things slowed down. But everything up until then, I just felt like we were just like, here, 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 skip, 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 skip. I legitimately have not seen what the final clue was because yeah. it was that quickly on screen. It was literally flashed on screen. And like we two scenes later, they're like, oh, of course, that's what the final line means. I was like, what final line? You have not told the audience what the clue is. Like, <laughs> I can't even have fun playing along with you because yep. you've been like, oh, I got a clue. Let me just keep that in my front pocket hidden from you because it was that fastly done. Um, so the pacing of this movie was not a, not a deal breaker for me, but really unfortunate. And like I said, it's a long movie as it is. There was the time there and it's not like you've got three trials and you spend 45 minutes on one yeah. of them. Uh, I will say though, the shining scene, that was well paced as well. That had the right amount of time for me. Up but- until the challenge part of it, I really liked the shining sequence. Yeah. But as soon as they got into that zombie dance, I was like, oh, this yeah. is... Ugh. But it reminded me of Spy Kids. Yeah. Um, my other complaint, which I wish I opened with first, because now I've forgotten. <laughs> then you might have forgotten what you just complained about. No, I would remember the pacing. That was a big issue for me during the movie. What were you, what were you complaining about just before? I was complaining about the low stakes at every point in this film and that I was bored and hoping that the final battle would solve it, but it didn't. Yeah. And the cut between the car chase. Thank you. Car chase. That is a more than the car chase. Okay. You've got your character. You want to be invested in your character. I do want to be invested in my character. I hated that the movie starts with the first puzzle being found. Yeah. And it was done by an unnamed, well, a no one. Somebody found it one day and here it is. No one's been able to solve it. That's not a fun mystery. That's a, hey, someone else did all the legwork. Here you are. Yeah. Like it's... I know they don't have much time to play with and I know it's going to be different, but have your, have your character do the fun thing. Otherwise yeah. your character is just nothing special. And I'm it's like, also, why am I following him if he's not special? But then you also have the line. She literally says, no one knows him better than you. You're the one that has to do it. Obviously and someone like, knows him better. How old are you? You have people that have literally spent decades on this problem. You are not the most knowledgeable person in the world, teenager. You might think you are because you're a teenager, but gosh darn, that annoyed me. Well, that's the thing, but in the book, he kind of is because he solves yeah. all these really difficult puzzles by himself, or occasionally with some help, but you know. Yeah. But- and I think they tried, they tried to alleviate that problem. Again, in that stupid car chase at the end when they're cutting back for the first or second time to the IOI nerds who are finally, like, having their thing and, like, nothing happened there. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, we know what... It- no, we're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yep. Like, Come on. Steven Spielberg, I wanted to like this movie and I just couldn't. Should we talk about what was good in it? Let- let's do that. It looks pretty. I liked I liked the villain. Yeah, Mendelssohn's a great Mendelssohn villain. Mendelssohn was a great villain. Even like I hated Rogue One. 
good in Rogue One. Too. He was great in Rogue One, and I think he plays that that line of um, menacing but incompetent, yeah. or menacing but like sleazy, confident. Yeah, I, I guess like he really makes the most of playing against forces, whether they're his own forces being incompetent or other forces like actually opposing him. Yeah. I love Ben Middleton and I would love to see him in more roles. He's been getting a lot lately yeah. though. So I think we're going to well, get I that. I think Rogue yeah. One really opened up the doors for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it looked pretty. Um, I, you, I, at first, honestly, it did take me a while to get used to the art style. But yeah. after about 10, 15 minutes, yeah. I was like, oh, this is fine actually. It needed to look it, something different. And I like H. H was fine as well. H was good, yeah. I didn't like either of the, the main, uh, either Wade Watts or... Because they're very bland, this movie. So bland. Like in the book, she's a badass. In the book, he's a cunt. And that's what it is. He is though. And I, and I know, I mean, and like, please be a character. Yeah. Don't be bland, white genericness. Please. Not everyone needs to be Luke Skywalker. And well, just, the, whole, yeah. the whole point of this, of the book is about nerds having personality. Mm. And like finding their own personality through pop culture, and it's like, no, you're just you're just like a bland fanboy, like that's all you are. Like yeah. you don't have opinions. You you're just parroting back opinions that other people have had. But we talking about the good. We, ones. Uh, normally, <laughs> I you remind me of that. I was yeah. I am Mister Positive right now. Yeah. Um, Simon Pegg was great in it. Uh, again, I. He was fine. His American accent really like punched me in the face at first. I was like, oh God, okay, it's fine. I'm used to it. I mean, again, Ogden was a, a huge, a huge letdown from what I was expecting because you could do more with him than in the book, but in the movie they chose to do less with him. Yeah. And I feel you've got Simon Pegg do something But I think his performance was good though. His performance was yeah. good, yeah. And I really liked the guy playing Halliday. He had yes, such a weird delivery. The entire every line he gave out, but totally believable. At the very end of the film, though, I think was his absolute best scene, though. Yes. Just well, that bit yeah. of dark. Well, I liked the conversations with him and Ogden and stuff, but that that bit at the very end where he's having the dialogue with Wade, that was maybe the time that I was like more used to the performance he was giving, so it was yeah. easy for me just to accept it. Because it's not bad, it's so a, weird. It got a bit milder in that scene as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was good. Um, H was great. Actually, I like TJ Miller's performance. I know he's, he's, in a, he's a big naughty boy right now, though. I hate TJ Miller. You do? I do, personally and professionally. I can't I thought he was good in this movie, though. Like, he played the character right. Do you think, though, the reason we... Okay, I kept expecting us, because he's playing, like, this badass character, but then he, obviously his yeah. voice comes out of it. I kept expecting to us to like cut to like him covered in like Cheetos, like playing the games up and they never cut to TJ Miller himself. And no. I'm, I have to wonder if that's because he's been in a lot of trouble lately and they're like, we're going to use his voice and we're not going to show his face in this movie. Maybe it could like, be. Cause that's easy to cut. Like, yeah. You just don't cut to him at home. Cause like after he lost his character, like that's what I was expecting to cut to this absolute slob at home. Like, you know, throwing down his headset, screaming yeah, damn yeah. it or something. And we just never see him. So but I liked. I thought he was funny as um as Irock, which is a hilarious name. Again, uh, it just never landed with me. I didn't know whether to be scared of him or to be amused by him. I found the delivery and the interaction with ben Mendelssohn's character very confusing. I like, thought that honestly, I think that's the point because his meant to be 
I'm going to represent myself as a, a complete badass in the Oasis. I'm an assassin, blah, blah, blah. I'm actually yeah, yeah. just no, a nerd. He, he's, like, a, he's a nerd yeah. doing that. But like, that's what I mean about lack of stakes. Uh, is like, is this person going to destroy other people's lives or is he just doing it for fun? Like, is, is, does he just get off playing this big bad character mm. and as soon as the chips are down, he'll run away? Or is it he buys into this, like, that's something that could have been dealt with. Mm. Like, I think the, the fact that Mendelssohn's character is literally like a Superman type was a really interesting choice. And I think the way that he played that in there was very interesting. But TJ Miller, it just was constant wishy-washy positive things. Positive things. Ben Mendelssohn. I think that that was a great choice that was made um, and and played really well. I remembered a negative thing. You can't say it. I'm going to say it. You've had like five negative ones. (laughs) I I know. Um, (laughs) They they, they cover this in the book that if you're in the middle of a a certain event or a battle, you can't log out because you log out, but your avatar stands there motionless, does nothing, and will effectively be killed, lose out. out. Yeah. They never raise that issue in the movie. Mm. So throughout all these scenes, like when IROC is trying to escape that, you know, the bomb you going just log off. Out. Yeah. Yeah. They they never explain that he just can't. So I I know from reading the book that he can't, but from someone who hasn't read it, there's yeah. a lot of times we're like, oh, like that dance theater is being attacked. I would just log out. And then there was also at the final bat- battle, like meaning by what I mean, again, stakes is like to get to this remote planet, you had to have some way to actually get there in from where you are in the game to there in the game. Yep. So you need to have some sort of faster than light travel or teleportation. And so it was all kind of these weird and, and wonderful ships showing up to join the fight. Whereas mm. in this one, it was just kind of like people popping. Yeah. And and popping out like half a mile away so that they can run there. What like- a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> yeah. So in the book, um, there's the huge emphasis on currency. Like, yeah, yeah, you need to actually work up to be able to buy ships just to travel to other worlds. So if you want to go to the Dungeons and Dragons planet, you can't just go there. Yeah. I mean, you can buy teleportation chips, but like, like you use them once they go away yeah. to zap you somewhere. So that's the thing, but they also don't even cover that. Like it no, makes it seem like yeah. you can just do whatever you want. And really the way it is structured in the story is no, you can do whatever you want, but just like in the real world, you need to earn the ability yeah. to do whatever you want. And I think, I think that that really cut down also the way I, the, the, the time, like in the book, it's, I believe it's a couple of years from the, the first attack or the first him getting the first key. Yes. Yeah. To, the final key. Well, he there's in this one, I believe it's like what one or two weeks. Yeah, about that. In the book as well, like because his journey is he goes from an average kid to actually getting quite obese to then because he wants to see Artemis and he wants to be really focused on his goal. He sets up a thing where he can't log into the Oasis until he's done like an hour of running on the treadmill yeah, or something. Yeah. So he ends up going really, really skinny after that. Like the character himself goes on like a full like transformation, like physically himself. Whereas in this, it's just like, I look good all the time. Yeah, which is, and I I didn't like his acting, but I think I think Ready Player One would definitely make a better, like far be it from me to suggest another trilogy, but three keys yep. <laughs> or Mini-series. a television yeah. series. 
like a 10 season television series. And of course the budget for that as well. But yeah, overall, I can we just go no, on? No, 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 no. We gotta we gotta talk about the best scene in the movie. Okay. But firstly, do you know we've actually reviewed Ty Sheridan before? What? You know we've seen Ty Sheridan before? Have we? Yeah. Cyclops in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, he's the new Cyclops. Yeah. Remember how bland he was there? Yeah. He's I, I thought he was fine. Like is in like he wasn't very interesting re- interestingly written character, but I think his performance had any issues. I think it was just yeah. Um, a lot of people are speculating that why he got the job. Have you heard this? Apparently, he is the splitting image of Spielberg when he was in his 17 or 18 years old. Aww. And people are speculating that because it, it, this movie obviously had Spielberg having to think back to the 80s and yeah, stuff, yeah. that he's cast someone that subconsciously <laughs> looks a lot like him. And I think that's really funny. Um, the best scene in the movie, The Shining. We're going to talk about that. We're on the we're on the good notes, and we we were ignoring like the best bit of the movie. Yes. Uh the bit that Kubrick directed was the best bit. Yes. <laughs> um, so in the movie, they rock up at a theater because of some clue, blah, blah, blah. And I'm on the screen, it's like Overlook Theater. And I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm like, Overlook Theater. Why does that sound <laughs> vaguely horrifying to me? And then it clicks. I'm like, oh, God, don't go in that fucking room in the building. And then, of course, we get... That bit there. And it was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I really wish they could have gotten Nicholson back. Yeah. Or at least, you know, they de-age people in the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just having the um, corpse lady doing yeah. the thing. I think that would be really great if he had bust through the wall. Like how great of a cameo was that having him come back as yeah. Jack Torrance? And I think but- that's, that's the one time in this film that uh, like the whole tone of the world changes and you can see what it's like actually to be in Oasis, like going from one world to another world and existing in these in these different universes. Like that was the one time that was actually interesting. It was like, yes, I would like to go to the Overlook Hotel and and experience this. Oh, that would be amazing. It would be, wouldn't it? And possibly the biggest laugh that I had in the entire film was after they get the key from that from the from the Overlook Hotel. Oh uh, yeah. Cutting to all the IOI people trying to do it, <laughs> and they are just screaming, and there's blood everywhere, and just being stabbed by zombies. And that was so funny. So yeah, it was a good gag. This film, yeah, it was, it was tonally, it wasn't that funny the entire time, but there's a couple of nice little jokes. Like, I you know, H walking through, like, I've never seen this movie. Is it scary? Oh, an elevator. And like, the guys walk up and they start <laughs> screaming because they're about to open <laughs> the, the elevator. elevator. Yeah. It was, but, it's funny because I said this movie wasn't as full of references as it could have been, but my most enjoyable scene was literally just an entire recreation of some scenes from another movie. Yeah. So yeah. It's weird though, like that, that's the kind of stuff that would have annoyed me had they have done it for two and a half hours. But just throwing it in there for 10, 15 minutes worked really well for me. Well, I, think, I think that is what Oasis should have been about is like transferring because it, it just seemed like generic CGI world. Yes, correct. Um, and like actually going into different properties and having each property have a real distinct feel uh, would have been a much more interesting way to treat the Oasis and like get some of the appeal across to the audience mm. um, because at the moment it just kind of felt like World of Warcraft but in a city. Yeah. Like I also think maybe showcasing how bad the actual earth had gotten. Yes. May have yeah. helped as well. Cause like, yeah, no one has anywhere to go. We, we mentioned, he mentions like a couple of wars that happened, but I think just 
zooming out and starting with, and rather than doing that intro where we like fly through the oasis, like, you know, or the beach, rock yeah. climbing with Batman, blah, 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 showing like ruined cities, some smoldering craters, something <laughs> just to be like, the world is currently a shithole. I think, I think then, you mentioned it before, is a little bit more focus on the currency is like all the resources that you kind of have to accumulate to then they do, progress. I just remember they do touch on it once. Once. With um, Wade's yeah. auntie's boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. I blew my entire house savings on a mech suit. What the fuck is wrong with you? you know? Yeah, but that's just kind of like one idiot. Yeah. That's not kind of like, like showing that people- even smart people like are bound to this sort of sort of life. Well, there was yeah. the biz- the Japanese. Well, Asian businessman that had lost in that same fight that yeah. tried to throw himself out of a window, which right. I thought was setting up killing the little kid later. <laughs> it was not. All right, shall we? Shall we do final judgment? Yes, you go first. This is a, it's a no from me. Yeah, I I can't imagine myself ever watching this again, and and it it is getting a lot of positive reviews, and I'm just I I I'm happy to accept that it might just not be for me, but I think that. Every interesting thing about the book is kind of made uninteresting by the movie. Yeah. And I'm I'm I was like I said I wasn't disgusted, I wasn't like I didn't hate the movie, I was just bored. And yeah. that's something I didn't want from Steven Spielberg. Um Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's a no. No if ready player one. As a fan of the book, this film for me would be a no stepping back from me and watching it just as the film. I, I did enjoy it. It was fun. Like it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't offensive. It was nothing special, but it was, it was fun where it needed to be. It would be the kind of thing I could be like, if I had kids, I could be like, chuck on a no safely watch this, my 10 year old child. Like it's fine, but it did feel more kitty to me than it did feel adult in any way. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's a, a G rate. Well, like, I don't know what, what it was an M M in Australia, which is uh, 15 years of age is recommended, but not enforced. So I, it it felt like a a kiddier version of Scott Pilgrim. Yes. And I, I agree with that. It does. (laughs) And, and like a, like, yeah, not even a kiddier, like, and why kiddier, I mean, dumbed down. Yeah. Like simplified. simplified. Yeah. Like, yeah, not as, not as interesting or as amusing. Mm. So, so are you saying a yes or a no? Yeah. As a movie, completely competent, had some really nice bits in it. If, Honestly, if it didn't have that shining bit in the movie, that really kind of woke me up again. And like, oh, this is a now fun movie. It would probably be an ambivalent no. Like, mm. eh, it didn't really do it. But that scene, not saying that scene encapsulates the, whole, encapsulates the entire film, but that really pushed it over the line. So if we're looking at grading systems, it's like a 55%. Like, you're a pass, mate. <laughs> but thank God for that scene. But that's uh, not... People are enjoying it. So honestly, I think we've, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think it's possible we've just been sour because we've read the book that goes, so it answers a lot of the questions that we have that the movie just leaves lingering open. So I think coming from a world where we received our answers to a world that doesn't care about our answers, as well as the fact that the movie just yeah. isn't that Well, I, 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 like I said, I went in expecting just a fun movie because I knew it couldn't be the book because the book is so... It's it's so different to what a movie could ever be. Yeah. Um, and I I was ex- and it opened with that that race 
Like that was interesting. That yeah. was fun to watch. And I was like, okay, this is, is but then it just kind of got less and less interesting. Yeah. Um, and then when I, cause I, I watched the movie and I've since reread the book and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I just don't know why those choices were made. It, it yeah. seems, yeah, <laughs> they've taken interesting things and made them less interesting. Yeah. I will say, after I'd seen it originally, it was like two or three days later and I really wanted to go to the cinemas to see it again, A, mm. to help with the review, and B, because I was like, now that I've reset what my expectations are and I know this movie is not going to be the book, can I enjoy it more? And I unfortunately, I never got to see it the second time. It's still out at cinemas, though. I've got time, but I was trying to get it done before this review. But the fact that I still part of me is like, watch it again, maybe you'll enjoy it more, says to me like it wasn't like watching X-Men Apocalypse. Well, I know you put that movie on again, I'll walk out of the room. Like yeah. I'm not interested. Like this one at least was like not a failure for me, but an interesting mixed success mm. and one that warrants a look at. I can't even imagine watching this movie in the background. Really? Like during a party or anything. Is this, this is not appealing. Is so are you doing a bad? sequel? Are you doing a spin-off? Are you doing what? What's your second take? Ooh, on this one? Let's do a prequel. A prequel. I want to delve more into the um, Halliday and Ogden um, relationship. Okay. So All right. imagine Silicon Valley, but significantly less funny. <laughs> All right. Mix in some uh, Big Bang Theory because apparently Halliday may have some sort of autism moment. No, isn't like Chris Shelton, like uh, the way that he talks. Good. Um, I would like not not would, a TV show. Sorry, it's a movie. But yeah, yeah. I want it to be a romantic comedy. No, that's it. That's, that really works because good. I'm glad I'm making it easy for you. Yeah. So it's the story of oh gosh, what was that lady's name though? Something starting with S. Wasn't it Kira? Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna say Kira. It's been a while. She had two names, which is the worst part because she had a. Dungeons and Dragons name and her actual name. I think it was a K or a K sound anyway. Kira. Lady K. So the story about her meeting Halliday, they're going on a couple of funky dates and it's just not clicking. And then she meets Ogden, Ogden and realizes, hey, he's pretty much all the, the niche stuff that I love about Halliday, but has a personality. And, and it's like that weird move to understanding between the friends about this is what's happening. Is this an okay thing? This wasn't really something that you can get ready for. Like no one prepares to have their partner move to their friend. Oh no. Oh, so you can play like a little bit of It's just, it's just yeah, kind of there, but the background is them creating the Oasis. So you can have the, the sad little ending of Ogden with Kira and Halliday with the VR set, you know, plugging oh. in. Like the whole, the turning away from this world. Like that was the final step because this character is obviously quite removed. Yeah. But you push this as being the final step as to why he became ex- the holiday we were seeing towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And yeah, eh, it's nothing crazy. Why not? Why couldn't it be something crazy? I mean, you'll have the Sorrento character there as the annoying intern, which I think was actually a really funny bit of this movie. He's like, what if we monetized? It's like, yeah, so coffee with two sugars. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah, I, I, it's all there. Like, it's all worth telling. It's all there with Simon Pegg. Well, yeah, you got a romantic comedy with Simon Pegg, who's 
weirdly enough playing kind of the antagonist, but he's not. Like it's if you play this movie kind of right, you can have one of those things like I'm not sure who to side with because a he's losing his girlfriend, but b like the woman's making a choice, so yeah. it's it hurts. I get it, but no one's breaking the law here. It's not a crime. It's just a horrible situation. And it was well, he never really seemed to hold it against them. No, not that Ogden saw. That's, this, <laughs> that's what this movie can be. Like, oh, that's yeah. why the idea if he can turn away from humanity in this point because he's still heartbroken, which wow. they do play off in the book about how heartbroken he was about the whole situation anyway. Still waiting for my opportunity to turn away from humanity. It's coming. Good. Well, that was a movie. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get yeah. in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us, because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash second take. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, yeah sure, that yeah. one. Or second take podcast, you, you find it. Yeah. And Twitter at second take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. Not actually, we no videos. No videos of pictures, yet. though, that are funny. There was, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> really. Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Second Take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. It's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Ah, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not allowed to watch any movies unless we're reviewing them. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to thatsnotkindofproductions.com, which is the mothership for all of of our other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. (sighs) And maybe just one day... There'll be solo podcasts that we do. That solo you can find podcasts? There. Yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah. Yep. The Good. best kind of Fun. podcast. No interruptions, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of, none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, that's, that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works. Just because it's you in the room by yourself, Seb, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks uh, very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.